Good to be back. Um, man, it's been a fast couple of weeks. Two weeks ago I was here, I preached, I walked out that door, I got on a plane, and I flew to Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, Carrie Higgins was with me, and we ministered down there to uh, national leaders of, of our Foursquare Fellowship, uh, the, the Southern Ten Nations, basically, if you have the Congo, uh, everything below Congo was uh, the national leaders were there, and we were able to to pour into them what God's poured into us, and they're going to take that, and they're going to pour it into their pastors and their congregations. And, uh, and then we were there all week, and then Sunday morning, I preached at uh, the Coastlands Church in Cape Town uh, that Richard and Teresa Smith were at just a few weeks ago on our behalf. And, uh, and then as soon as service was over there, I went out the side door, jumped on a plane, 32, 33 hours of travel, 17 and a half hour plane ride, from Johannesburg, South Africa to, to Atlanta, Georgia, and and so I landed Monday night and got here in time for Trunk or Treat, which was a fantastic outreach, wasn't it? Man, it was awesome. You guys were incredible. We had we had well over a thousand people here, and you guys loved on them. You served them. I know I, I heard some of the great reports of what happened in the prayer tent, and just thank you guys for all that you do. Can you guys just give yourself a hand? Seriously, thank you for what you did. Thank you for serving and for loving. Uh, it was just, it was so great. And, uh, and then, I, so I've been here all week and I have not had any jet lag. Seriously, all week. That's a miracle. It's really amazing. Until last night when the hour, time, we lost an hour and it just messed me up. I don't know how it happened, but I was great till last night or this morning. So, um, but I'm, I'm, it's so good to be here. I, I, I listened to Sam's sermon on our, on our website. It was great. You guys had awesome services last week, and uh, it's just you guys are you guys are just you guys are just a pleasure. I just I love you guys. So um, this morning is going to be different. Okay, this, this morning is a different service. I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on. We're going to be having a presentation about a, a 10, 12 minute presentation at the end of the service, right after the offering. So I'm going to be preaching a shorter amount of time. Yes, God still does miracles, and I can do it. And uh, but we're going to do this. Uh, we're so um, we're so honored to have a representative from the organization uh, called Perspectives. Um, it's a class that we're going to be offering, and it is monumental. It really is. Uh, when I first started pastoring the church um, almost 11 years ago. Um, we, uh, we, we had a class that we offered, and you guys are familiar with this, called Freedom in Christ. And it really, our whole church went through it, and it really became a part of the DNA of who we are as a church, that we really understand who we are in Christ, and then the difference that makes in our life as we walk in that freedom. And it's really just a part of who we are as a church. And we're in another one of those um, watershed moments in the life of our church where uh, we have the opportunity to do something as an entire congregation. We're going to do it on Monday nights starting in January. And everybody's invited. We're going to tell you, um, we're going to be giving you more information. This morning's an introduction to it. And uh, it's an, really an opportunity for the Lord to do something very significant in our church and through the world because of us. And it's going to, it's really, it's going to, it's going to propel our church uh, to a whole nother level, and I'm, and I'm super excited about that. So I'm only going to be preaching for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you know, something like that. And uh, so I'm going to be just sharing some of the things on my heart in this series uh, that we've been doing, and then we're going to have that presentation. Uh, but it's, 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 it's just so good to be back. One thing I want to just share with you, and, and Heather, Heather mentioned, uh, brought up the election uh, as she was leading worship and isn't our worship team great? Like, seriously, aren't we just have a couple of great worship teams? We're just really blessed. 
And uh, and so this is this is this is what I want to this is what I want to share. So the election's a big deal, isn't it? I mean, it it it, it really is. It's a significant time in our in our nation in our history. But I think sometimes one of the things we lack sometimes is is perspective. It's sometimes the big picture perspective. If you if you look at history, if you look at that kings rise and kings fall, nations rise and nations falls. That at the end of the day, I am so thankful that ultimately I'm a citizen of heaven, and that that's where my citizenship ultimately lies. And nobody knows what's going to happen on Tuesday. I mean, seriously, we don't know who's going to be elected. We don't know what kind of election issues there may be. Um, there's talk of terrorist attacks. Like it's just. Like, nobody knows, right? But as Heather mentioned, we know the Lord is still on the throne, right? Like, He is still in charge. And, 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 and one of the things I want us to do is, is no matter what happens on Tuesday, no matter, no matter, that we will remember that first and foremost, that we're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. That I really think, and I've just seen this through this election process, that there's really, I really believe there's been a strategy of the enemy to really even cause the body of Christ, the believers, to really turn on each other and really say some, honestly, just some pretty mean things. And even in social media, man, I'm just, ah, social media, ah, you know, it's like, it's like people will throw stuff out there they'd never say to a person's face. And, and, and so let's just be careful because, I mean, if the enemy, I mean, the enemy will use anything. He'll use Halloween. He'll use a brand of coffee, Right. I mean, he'll use this election. He wants to do anything he can to try to get believers in conflict and focused on themselves and on this stuff rather than on the mission that he has called us to, rather than walking in unity, because it's always a strategy of the enemy to bring disunity into the body of Christ. And I'm not just saying our church, I'm saying, but this is the only church I pastor, right? So this is the only one I get to address. So you're my responsibility. But this is message. This is for much larger than our church. I mean, this is, hopefully there's a lot of other pastors around the nation saying the same thing I am this morning. That let's, yes, the election is important. Yes, vote. I mean, let's be involved. But let's remember who we are and whose we are, right? Amen? Are we together on this? All right. Okay, well this morning we're going to continue our series, um, it's called Be Rich, and uh, we're, we've been talking about how we're a blessed people, we are, aren't we? Aren't we a blessed people? We are, God has blessed us so much, He's entrusted us with so much, and so because of that we want to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us, and we want to be rich towards God. And, and so our, our text for this series has been 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17-19. And I bet you guys, you know, I'm back at the, we've been on, this is the fourth week we've been on this verse. I bet you guys are like, is there anything left in this verse? Like, you've been milking this for four weeks, and here we go, we're going to get some more out of it. So, command those who are rich. Say, that's me. You don't sound very convinced, but it is. Like, we've been, we are rich, we are blessed. God has entrusted us with so much in this present world. And we're not to be arrogant, nor to put our hope in wealth. Because why? Because it's fleeting. Because it's uncertain. Because we can't count on it, can we? That that's not where our hope lies. Our hope is in God. 
He is the source of our hope. He is the source of our trust. Our hope is in Him because He richly provides us with everything that we need for our enjoyment. And so we've talked about we don't have to be, we don't have to feel guilty about enjoying life, enjoying what He's entrusted to us. He wants us to, but He also wants us to be uh, generous. And it says here, command them, that's us, to do good. And we talked about two weeks ago, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous in serving and in good deeds and to to be generous and willing to share we don't have to we don't give because we have to we don't serve because we have to we don't share jesus because we have to we do all these things because we get to amen yeah we get to this is our privilege this is our honor to serve jesus to give to his kingdom to pour out our life to be a living sacrifice that's pleasing, that's acceptable to God, that, 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 it's a, that it's not just money we put in the, in the offering bucket. If they were big enough, we'd all get in the offering bucket, right? Like, here I am, Lord. Here, everything. It's not just what I can pull out of my wallet. It's all of me. It's everything. I am yours. And, and this is the verse we're going to focus on today. And in this way, they will, lay up, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That will have a grasp of eternity. That will understand that there's more to life than just this life. That will have a broader view. That will, I mean, you know, when you're in a plane, like I was flying over Africa, and we're on our way to Africa, and I, and I was flying over Nigeria, and I took a picture for Tayo, and, and sent it out the window, and sent a picture to Tayo, one of our families from Nigeria here. I said, hey, here's your motherland, you know, and, but I could see it, and it's like you just, you know, you have a different perspective, right? When you see something from this 30, 40,000 foot view, and, and we get so caught up in, the, in the, just the routines of life, right? Like we're, we're so focused on today, we're so focused on this week, like we're so focused on the next 25 minutes, right? That we forget that there's a much bigger picture. That the very first part of this passage in Timothy 6.17 says, command those who are rich in this present world. Well, if there's a present world, then is there a, is there a future world? And then it says in the last verse there that, that lay a firm foundation for the coming age. And so we know that there's more to come. We know this isn't it. We actually know that this is preparation for really living. Like, this is preparation for heaven. Like, does that blow your mind? Like, I have trouble wrapping my mind around this because this is all I've ever known. I've never known heaven, right? I mean, I mean okay, maybe you've been to heaven. I know some people have. Like, it's people have written books, made movies. I know... So I don't want to discount somebody, but I've never seen heaven. Like, I've never been to heaven. You know, the Bible doesn't even tell us that much about heaven. And so it's, it's, it's this thing that we have trouble grasping, and it, we so get so focused in just the here and the now. But the Bible says that it's like a, what we're doing right now, it's like a, it's like a mist. It's, you know, it's like a vapor. It's like when you're, you know, when you're walking outside and you breathe, and, and there's that I mean, not yet because it's still summer, right? But, but maybe we'll, we're going to go straight to winter, right? Like it's just going to go summer to winter. But we'll breathe, right? When winter comes and it'll be a vapor. And it's gone. And some of you that are older, you look back on your life and you're like, man, this went fast. Like too fast. It's too fast. You know, isn't it true when you're younger, it doesn't go fast enough? And then you get older and you're like, where did the time go? And so we... We're, we're, what we're doing now has eternal impact. It's not just for now, but it's for this future age that's to come. I will lay up 
treasures for ourselves that we'll invest in the future. You know, Jesus, I mean, Jesus always, they were always trying to catch Jesus in these temporary arguments. You know, people would be arguing, and, and, and even the guys that were arguing over an inheritance. They were, we were arguing inheritance, and they Jesus, you know, who, who, help us negotiate this. And Jesus is like, that's not my problem. He's like, that's not my circus, those aren't my monkeys, right? He, he's like, I'm not going there. He didn't get involved in all this temporal, like, render to Caesar's what's Caesar, render to God's what's God, and let's move forward with the agenda God has for us, right? Like, like he just, he didn't get caught up in this, the silliness and this, the Monday, he, he had this, his eyes focused, like he knew what he was called to do. He was purposeful. And we know even Paul in the epistles that he wrote to churches and to, and to church leaders, like he was always saying, endure the race that's set before you. No, persevere. Hang on. There's more to life than what you see right now. Don't give up. Don't give in. Like this is just for a season. You can endure the hardship. You can endure the struggle. You can make it because we have a God on the other side who's pulling us into his future for us. And so we know that, that, that there's this, this, this perspective that's much larger than what we have in this instantaneous culture. Right? Like we want everything just, just now. And, and it's true. Like that's really how we're wired. But that's different than, than how eternity, how eternity is, is, is really set up. And so as we talk about this, as we talk about being people who are viewing the eternal over the temporal, as we, as we process this, how do we, how do we move forward? And I think we do it by being very intentional. By living very intentional lives, that we strategically are generous, that we strategically share what God has given us, that we that we 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 simply do what we're able to do. Uh, as you're filling out your notes in the app or in your bulletin, um, you could you could fill this line in here. It says, "If God has blessed me with more than I need, it is so I can make an eternal difference in the life of others." That's really what this is all about. It's about making a difference in the life. So how do we do this? How do we be intentional about our resources? How do we be intentional about our resources? Because resources are more than just money, right? And so so many times we talk about being generous. We talk about resources. We talk about intentionality. We talk about strategy. We We tend to just think about money. And what do you think about when you think about money, right? You think about what you don't have, right? You think about what you, and isn't that true that we so often think about like what we don't have and we forget about what we do have. We forget about what God has entrusted to us and, and what he has given to us. So just think for a moment about what you have. Just think about your life for a little bit. You know, what, what do you have? What's at your disposal? What has God entrusted to you that you can use to advance his kingdom? Do you, have a, do you have a house? Do you have an apartment? Well, if so, if you're not homeless, you have a house that you can use to minister to others. And, and really, isn't hospitality really like a lost like art in our, in our culture? Like it really is, right? But, but let's become hospitable people. We can open our home to others. You know, that's what we're doing with the election on Tuesday, right? We're hosting the election here on Tuesday. And, and our whole, like... Like, as we've, as we've led this church for almost 11 years, this is like the posture that we've taken. It's, Lord, what do you have? What have you handed to us? And what can we do with it? Uh, what, what do we have? Because when, when Heather and I started pastoring, 
here, like, there was not a lot of monetary resources. Like, there just wasn't. Like, there's times we didn't get paid. There was, like, I was mowing, I was doing the books, I was preaching, I was cleaning. Like, it was like, we didn't have staff. Like, it was, it was different than it is now. And, and the Lord's blessed us financially now. But it, we didn't have, like, nothing. So how do we minister? How do you do, you know, how do you, so the Lord, what do we have? What can we use? And we realized, you know, we have a really big parking lot. Have you guys ever noticed how big a parking lot we have? I mean, it's big, isn't it? For the size, and thankfully, we had a pastor who went before us that had a big picture of the future, and he knew there needed to be another addition out here. And so, so he led the church to be able to prep that location and to put a parking lot that will always meet the needs as this church grows and expands. But our parking lot now um, is larger than, than, than what we need. So one of the things we, we began doing was, Lord, we have a parking lot. How can we use this parking lot as a resource, we have it. How do we use it for you? And that's one of the ways that we landed on doing trunk or treat. Was we didn't have a lot of money, but we have a big parking lot, and there's a lot of people out there. So let's love on our neighbors. Let's minister to our neighbors, and and people will be giving out candy anyway. So bring your candy, and we'll hand it out here. And we'll, I mean, popcorn's cheap. We'll make some popcorn, and we'll love on our neighbors, and we'll we'll just be a light in the darkness of our community. And so that's how that happened. That's why we use our ball fields for soccer teams and t-ball teams. We got a lot of grass, right? So let's use it. In fact, this year, we put a dog poop station up, right? Because neighbors need a place to walk their dog and their dogs to poop. So we got grass. So come poop on us, right? (laughs) I mean, that's our heart. It is. It's like, but just clean it up, right? So we put the station out there because we don't want our kids walking in it. So we got the bags. We got the, but we've told the neighbors, you're welcome to use, clean up after yourself. Because you, what do we have? And what do we have? It's yours, Lord. It's not our. We're not owners. We're stewards. We're stewards of what he's given us. We're managers. It's not ours. We don't own anything. It's his. Our, the election on Tuesday. I know, um, several years ago, Cherokee Middle School was having a, a construction project. They didn't have any parking. And the uh, county clerks came and he said, hey, can we use your, your facility? And we're like, absolutely you can use our facility. Like, we're here to serve the community. And so on Tuesday, we'll have two to three, maybe more than 3,000 people come through here. And so that's why we, there's a sign-up sheet on the back or you can sign up on your connection card. It's an opportunity to just serve our neighbors. And what would you do if you had somebody over to your house, right? You would serve them. Like, you'd give them coffee, you'd offer them something to drink, a snack, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, there's no agenda, there's no political agenda, there's just serving our neighbors. There's just, it's like a front porch and their neighbors can come and can hang out. And, and we'll just, we'll give donuts, we'll give in the afternoon, we'll give cookies from Sam's, we'll serve bottled water, we'll serve coffee, we'll just be friendly, and uh, it's a way we can serve. And so if you have a house, who can you open your house up to? If you have a car, who can you help get somewhere that doesn't have a car? If you're a mechanic, who can you help that needs help with their car? If you have an edu- your education, how can you use your education to help somebody else? If you have extra time, how can you use your time to help somebody else? I know Thursday afternoon here, we had like six or seven guys working really hard Thursday afternoon. They all weren't retired. A couple of them were just not working that shift. Uh, but they were down here. They were cutting trees, trimming branches, putting in light bulbs, cleaning stuff. It was amazing. It was beautiful. They were being generous with what they had. It was, it was time and it was chainsaws and it was, you know, they have the ability to do it. And it's, that's, that's what we're talking about. It's just being available. It's just using what we have. That's why we use our our facility as a preschool. Why would we want this facility to sit empty all week, right? 
We're going to be using it to serve our neighborhood. And so what do you have in your life that you can just, you can intentionally offer to the Lord? Do you have a grill? Then invite some neighbors over and grill some chicken. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just so, honestly, it's just so simple. And we just think of all the things we can't do, rather than things that we can do. And so let's be intentional, but let's even be intentional with our, with our, with our resources. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 2 says, On the first day of the week, as the saints would come together, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, which would indicate, you know, a percentage that we don't, I mean, we don't all give the same, we don't all make the same, but according to what, how God has blessed us, according to what is coming in, that's a percentage that we call a tithe that we then give because of what the Lord has given us. Now he said, save it up so that when, you, so that when I come, no collections have to be made, that, that there doesn't have to be fundraisers, they don't have to take special offerings for for the other churches that they're helping, for their missions work, because everybody is just so generous. Everybody's just giving a percentage. Everybody's tithing that there's just, there's, there's plenty for all that needs to be done, for all, the, for all that needs to be done. And so there's a couple of verses I want to hit before I, I finish this morning on being rich towards God. Um, Matthew 6, 19 and 20, I think is a, is a real important one. Uh, it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, See, treasure is where your heart is. That's what the Bible says. He goes, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so the idea is not just that you would have a savings account or that you would have a retirement plan. Like, those things are good. I'm not talking bad about those things. I'm not saying don't do those things. But it's saying, where's your heart? Where's your investment? Where are you placing your trust and your, your, your resource that's money, but it's even beyond money? It says if you, just, if you just store it up for yourself on earth, that you know moth can get to it, it can destroy it, thieves can break in and steal it, the stock market can crash. Like there, You can't control. We talked a few weeks ago about the illusion of financial security. That it's just an illusion. And it says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That our investment is in this world to come. That our heart is there. That our, our resources are there. That we're investing in the kingdom of God. That we're partnering with our church. That we're partnering with strategic ministries that are, that are changing the face of the planet. That, that we're involved in those things because moth can't destroy it. That they can't rust. They can't be stolen. They can't break. That it's a secure investment. And that we're not just investing in today. We're not just investing in our pleasures. We're not just investing in... And what's going on here? But we're investing in the future. Imagine this. Imagine that tomorrow, okay, you get a phone call. Hello. And it is an attorney. Now, you know, usually you get a phone call from an attorney. It's not a good thing. I, I would suspect. I would suspect. But this is a good phone call because your, your great aunt has just died. Now, it's not great that your great aunt just died, but she was a millionaire, and you didn't know it. And she didn't have any kids. And she left you $5 million. $5 million. Just think for a moment what you could do with $5 million. Just let your mind kind of run. Not a scam. Not a scam. It's legit. She's your real aunt. $5 million. $5 million bucks. What do you do? Well, many of us would quit our job. I mean, I wouldn't, but I know some of you quit your job. Uh, you'd, you'd hopefully pay off student loans, right? Those are the stuff. You pay off your student loans. You'd um, like, you know, go buy a big house, 
buy some fancy cars, plan your cruise around the world, right? Yeah, have some fun, right? The problem, though, would be that at day 31, when you lay down to go to sleep that night, you die of a brain aneurysm. Boy, I just put a big damper on the whole deal, didn't I? <laughs> just, it was going really good till you said that, Pastor. Wow. What would that be like? As opposed to if you inherited $5 million, that didn't necessarily change your standard of living, although, yeah, you'd want to pay off your student loans and any debt. And, I mean, yeah, amen, yeah, sister, amen. <laughs> And, uh, but you might want to, you know, I mean, I can see getting a different car. Like, I get that. But, it's, but, it, but then you would be thinking you'd still keep your job because God's placed you there not just to make money, but to love and to minister to those that he's placed you with. It's not a way out. You know, you're not looking for a way out. But, you, but then you just, and, and it's just strategic. Does, does you see the, the, see the difference? You see, there's, there's actually a story in the Bible kind of like that. It's in Luke chapter 12, 16 to 21. It's when Jesus, earlier I said these brothers were fighting over an inheritance. And they wanted Jesus to solve the inheritance issue. And he's like, you guys are so full of greed. Like, it doesn't matter if I got involved in this. You, you guys are just so full of greed. And then he tells a story. It says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do with all of this money? And that was his first problem. He should have asked the Lord, what should I do with it? But he, what, he thought to himself, what should I do with all this money? I have no place to put all my money. I have no place to put all my crops. I have all this resource. He goes, hmm, I know what I'll do. I'll tear my barns down. I'll get rid of what I have, and I'll get bigger ones. He had barns, but let's make some bigger barns. And, and then I'll store my extra grain, in, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. The bank account's full Eat, drink, and be merry. Let's go on this worldwide cruise. Let's have fun. But God said to him, Oh, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. You see, he had extra stuff, and he foolishly thought he had extra time. And he didn't, because he didn't have an eternal perspective. And it's, again, it's not that it's bad to store something up. It's not bad to have reserve. It's good to have reserve. The Bible says, blessed is a man who can bless his sons and his son's sons. That there's a blessing to go on for generations. That is a good thing. But he says, it is he who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. See, that's what we want to be. We want to be rich towards God. Because when we're rich towards God, that, it's, that we're not focused on the here and now. And yes, we save. Yes, we invest. Yes, we do all those things. But that's not where our heart is. That's not where our focus is. We are rich towards, we're rich towards God. Does that make sense? Do you know that 70% of lottery winners are broke in five years? 70? I mean, can you just imagine that? Right, like in January this year, I think there were three people that split 1.5 billion, right? Within three or four years, statistically, at least two of them are going to be destitute because of the people they hang out with, because they don't understand, they don't have perspective. And God has entrusted so much, yeah, maybe not billions, maybe not millions, but He has entrusted so much to us 
that we want to be people that can steward what He's given us. And that's really what matters. And as you're following your outline there, it's because this life is preparation for the next, I will value stewardship over ownership. Stewardship over ownership. The reality that we actually don't own anything. You ever thought about that? That what you really, you and I, we don't own anything? We don't even own our own bodies, right? He said this was bought with the price. We can't just do whatever we want with our bodies. Corinthians, he says, you can't just go do whatever. You can't just go have sex with whoever you want to have sex with. You can't do that. Your body's not yours. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 it's, and he's saying that you know, we're, not, we're not ours. We have, we're, we're, we're stewards. And we don't understand the idea of stewards, right? But I think we understand the concept of a manager, right? Our CEO, a manager. Okay, so here's another story I made up. So imagine this. Imagine that you've been hired to run a construction company, okay? So you're hired to run a construction company, and the owner and his son are leaving town, and they just leave it to you to run. So it has tools, it has material, you have clients, you have employees, you have a truck, you have a shop. Like you have everything that you need to do this. And so it, if, you're the, if you're the manager of this business, it, are all those things yours to use for yourself? Like what would happen if you, okay, employees, we're going to go build, I'm going to go build a house for me to live in so that I'll do a better job running this business. Like if you're the owner, do you want your manager doing that? No, the idea is to serve the customer, right? To, to meet the needs that are available, to use the employees for that. Use the tools and materials of what they were purchased for. Now, imagine this. Imagine the owner and his son come back after a two-year round-the-world cruise. And, and so they, they come back, and they, uh, they, they find you, and you're in the break room of the shop drinking coffee and eating a Snickers, right? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Where's the work? And you're like, oh, well... You know, I didn't want to tank your business while you were gone. So I just kind of, I just kept an eye on everything. I didn't want anybody breaking in and stealing the tools or the truck, so the material. So I've just kind of, I've just been hanging here just making sure everything's okay. Like, how do you think that would go over, right? You're the owner. Yeah, it's probably be about like that. Probably be pretty quiet, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be just, yeah, it wouldn't go over well. What you'd hope, what you'd hope would happen is that the manager that's running your business for you and you come back, that he would be hopefully profitable. Would he do everything right? No, there's mistakes, right? I mean, there is with any enterprise. But he was doing it, he was giving it 100%. He, was, he managed what you gave him to manage in a faithful and productive way, right? Well, that's how we are. In fact, the Bible tells a story like that of the manager and the, of the talents, right? That some have these number of talents and others have these number of talents. And when you're faithful to, to manage, to be a steward, to, to be a CEO, to be a manager of what God's entrusted with you, he says, good job. But the one who buried it so it wouldn't be lost, he's like, what are you doing? Like, that's not what this is about. And so we really are managers in our Father's business, in our Father's kingdom, that we are partners, we're, we're his managers, that he has given us responsibilities. He's given us um, areas to superintend our families, our homes, our whatever he's given us. And, and really, this is one of the reasons why we need to really work hard to not be in debt. That, that, if, if, that we, we stop getting in more debt as people, and then we work hard to get out of the debt that we have so that what is being entrusted to us, we can actually steward and use. Because so often, 
in our culture that we everything that that comes in is already spoken for so as soon as it comes into our life like it already belongs to somebody else and there's actually not very much that we can actually steward because not much of it is actually ours and so as people that really want to leverage our lives that the less debt we have you know consumer debt debt that has no asset to it that can't be used um, that it's you can't you can't, you can't do anything with that. And so we want to be people that are good stewards. That that's, how we, that's how we view our life. That we view people over possessions. Okay, people have, that people are more important to us than possessions. That that matters more. Because you will either love people and use money, or you will love money and use people. And what will you be known for? In fact, would you put that quote up on the, the screen? I know it's out of order, but I only have two minutes left to preach in. You'll either love people and use money, or you'll love money and use people. You know, I want to be a guy that uses money to love people, rather than to love money and use people. You ever worked for somebody that loved money and just used you? you ever, yeah, you're like, I know what that feels like. I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. So let's value people over possessions. And then finally, let's view the eternal over the temporal. The eternal over the temporal. We could have a a broader view. We could have a greater understanding that it isn't just about now. There's more to life than just this life.